Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. The show contains objectionable language. Listener discretion is advised. What? 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 You want my comments? What? 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 Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. And my apologies for blowing up your ears there when I said, Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I get a little too excited to record this show sometimes. And before we get things going, as always, we got a show. We got to do a little promo for those who support us. Make sure to go follow PWN Newsroom for all your up-to-date wrestling news. Make sure to check out 503 Sports if you want to get some cool old-school XFL jerseys. And hopefully in the near future, they will have the 2020 jerseys. And make sure to follow our new YouTube channel, The Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. Not that hard to find. Just type in the same name as the show and you are good to go. And if you want to hear us on a podcast format, Auditory Strictly, make sure you check out Anchor or iTunes. And if you could, maybe leave us a five-star review if you find it in the goodness of your heart. And if you want to help support us, if you got a couple of bucks to spare, go check us out on Anchor. You can help support us through there as well. And... As always, we're going to be talking about Raw. We're going to be talking SmackDown every week. And right now, we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw. we got five storylines in the ring to go over, two backstage stories, and each of us has got our heels of the week. And once we've truly, really gotten to the flow of doing this show week in and week out, because I believe this is only the third one. I'm losing track of how many shows we're doing. I just want to make sure you guys know how this show works. And with that said, let's get to story number one. Man, it finally happened. I've been waiting so long for this. Apollo Crews finally got his chance. And then he got injured. Son of a bitch. That escalated quickly. For years now, I've been waiting for WWE to do something with this guy. I always thought that he was going to be a superstar. Not just a WWE superstar, but like a real main eventer kind of guy. Ever since I was introduced to him through Breaking Ground, check that show out on WWE Network. I've always just been impressed with this guy. He's a fantastic performer who can do almost anything. He can grapple. He can kick your head off. And he's a gifted high flyer. But it just kind of seems like ever since he got called up, he can do all these things in the ring. He's got a great intro. But he never quite connected with the crowd. And I think that it's because his character was never quite set in stone. You never could really get a good read on the guy. He always just seemed a little too happy, kind of like the old Rocky Maivia problem that uh, one Dwayne Johnson had when he got called up. Great in the ring, but personality-wise, he needed some work. But this past Raw, it seemed like he finally broke through the glass ceiling as he almost got the 1-2-3 on Andrade for the U.S. championship. But he did get a victory on him earlier in the night. So everything seemed to be going his way. And then he has the United States Championship match. And what seems like maybe he possibly blew out his knee or he pulled an ACL. I'm not sure what exactly happened. And he just looked distraught. And I was distraught. I was like, no, this can't possibly be happening. We're right here. We finally got to the apex, the moment of his career. And this is how it's going to go. Now, you might be thinking I'm 100% in on this being a legit injury. But I'm not sure. It's possible it is. This does happen. These guys, you know, aren't made out of plastic. These these guys really do get hurt. It happens all the time. But 
I'm not sure if this really is an actual injury. I'm wondering if it is part of a storyline, the way that Andrade was tweeting at him afterwards, after he saw him crying after the match. I don't know. It just seems kind of like it's getting twisted into a storyline. Like, uh, Money in the Bank has been taken out, but will he fight to put his way, put himself back into the match? Or you could also look at the referee when he called the match. He didn't do the X. Typically, when you do, when you have an injury and they stop the match, they do an X. James, do you think this is phony? Do you think this is real? And how do you feel about Apollo Crews? We never really have had much of a chance to talk about him before. Uh... Well, first off, I'm, I'm glad to be on the show. Hi there. Uh, My um, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so psyched to talk about this. My bad, man. <laughs> I'm just a, just a random dude here. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's finally, it's actually, it's finally nice to see them push Apollo Crews. Uh, it's been a while since we've actually seen a star like him that was always a secondary character in a mid card with uh, Titus O'Neil and, of course, your 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 love of your life, Dana Brooke. Mm. Um, and over the last couple of weeks, we have seen him finally get the the push or getting more TV time. And this past one, uh, Monday night, we actually saw him get the, looks like, the push. And you, we were wondering what Andrade was going to have his next feud with. We finally got it. Unfortunately, sometimes when great opportunities are given to you sometimes unfortunate situations arise and i've me and my buddy watch raw here pretty recently and um the he looked like he tweaked it when he did a backflip off the ring into the right by the uh the barricade barricades then towards the end of the match it looks like he or dry was going to flip him and he reversed it and when he landed again you can tell by how he landed on his uh, on his leg that the ligament slash area of his knee where the ACL is located went, and that yeah turnbuckle. Thank you for correcting my butt. That was my buddy Nick. Uh, he may be you may have heard him. Uh, is but, that Nick, is that Nick the intern? Uh, yeah, that's Nick the intern. Yeah, we're yeah, we're, we're a worldwide <laughs> company here. But, yeah, he corrected me. He jumped off the turnbuckle. Um, it sucks because we've always seen Apollo always as a second fiddle to somebody. He was always he – gets, he gets in the Royal Rumble match. He's always the first guy to get eliminated. He gets into a ladder match. He's, he's there because he's a high flyer, and he can, you know, show some moves. Unfortunately, the WWE has to make a, uh, a change here. Uh, because Apollo is one of the participants of next Sunday night's Money in the Bank ladder match. Now we got to find out who's going to replace him. My bet is Andrade. Um, mm. But you see that right there, I think also may lead to uh, maybe more evidence for this being capable. Because if he does, if he does indeed replace him, this has definitely got to be KFA because that's only going to lead to a more emotional connection for the fans to. To get with Apollo Cruz and get behind yeah. him, but and usually they're definitely I, part. Sorry, they're definitely doing a youth movement as well. Like correct. Apollo might be the face of that. Correct. And also, if it is, if they're trying to connect kayfabe with this actual injury, if it is a legitimate injury by uh, Apollo, a torn ACL is six to eight months to heal. Oof. So 
six to eight months from now is Royal Rumble time. Ooh, so maybe a John Cena esque kind of return. Correct. So it could, if you're going to build that storyline, you got eight months to do it. Now, athletes have a strange way of healing themselves. Like, really strange way of healing themselves. Some of them can get six months until they return. So, but basically, from what I've seen with Apollo, it it clearly looks to me as an ACL to me. Uh, so that's six to eight, maybe ten months. And so you, so you think it is legitimate? Yeah, I think it's legitimate. And being only a week and a half until the latter uh, Money in the Bank, we have to find out that find out who is going to be in it, and the WAWE needs to make a quick decision and. Right now, Andrade's very hot, so I think he might be that that fill-in, plus whoever wins out, Ziggler and Otis next on Friday night. So, yeah, it sucks for Apollo because they're finally giving him his chance. So, yeah, it, it's a bummer. Uh, if, if this is uh, – if, if they are going to have somebody take his spot and he's legit hurt, I think the best way to, would be to have like a fatal four-way – Andrade against uh, three of the men that failed to make it into the three men that failed the Monday Night Raw to get into the Money in the Bank. I think that would be interesting. Give them all another chance to get in, and, and Andrade can can take the victory because more than likely that that's the sensible thing to do. But you do gotta wonder though for uh, for Apollo Cruz to come back at the Royal Rumble I don't expect it would be that big a pop I'm a huge fan I'd be psyched but uh, my money wouldn't be on him getting too big of a pop and speaking of somebody that probably wouldn't get a very positive reception once we do have crowds back is Nia Jax as she got a massive push this week and yet the viewers got ripped off this match I'm going to be straight up with you pissed me off I was not happy with this at all I I'm at work. It's a long day, and WWE Network just uh, you know sends me a little notice saying, "Hey, tonight we're gonna have Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler and Asuka." Hey, hey, this sounds pretty good to me. I know it's not gonna be a full match. It's it's obviously gonna be a tease for Money in the Bank, just a little uh, just a little taste of what's to come. But I didn't expect it to be like a five minute no contest where Nia Jax just throws a ladder at Shayna Baszler and Asuka and makes them look incredibly weak. Like that just overall pissed me off. It's like, wait, you guys have been pushing the hell out of Shayna Baszler. She's breaking people's arms left and right. And all of a sudden she's just completely intimidated by Nia Jax and Asuka. I mean, she's Asuka that that's complete disrespect to her. I just, this whole segment annoyed the hell out of me. It's like, why are you going to hype me up? And just cut off my knees, you know, cut me off at my knees. It was just not very well handled. If you want Nia Jax to get a push, fine. Just have like a five-minute match, but don't do a no contest. That's the worst thing you can do. And this segment, I gave like I, I pretty much gave an F. <laughs> I couldn't stand this. How did you feel about it? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, I think they're trying to push Nia Jax. <laughs> Drax. Drax, yeah. Trying to Batista Drax. is not in WWE right now. Yeah, Batista was a good character, though. Um, Batista uh, or Drax, or yes? Yes, both of them. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Nia Jax, in my opinion, should... Yeah. She is supposed to be this, you know, unmovable object in the women's division, this, you know, threat, this, this power. And this... 
match right here, based of all the stuff we've seen over the last couple of years with her breaking Becky Lynch's nose, giving um, Alexa Bliss a concussion, uh, and buckle bombing um, Singh into the lower belt. Uh, belt. Um, they're trying to now say, okay, we know that she has all these mishaps. Now they're really pushing her to be, you know what? Yeah, you you're, you mess up. You're you're screwing up. You're putting people in risk of getting hurt. Why not use that to your advantage to build a storyline to make her this beast? And having her do this no contest actually makes it to build up to a storyline at Money in the Bank, which all three members are in the ladder match. It builds that you no know, story. Because we don't know about the ladies' side from SmackDown, the the three participants over there, but all three for the Raws are on this show and on this match. Well, it never really happened. The match was called before it even happened. I thought it was more of a placement of which you have Nia or Shane Baszler or Asuka. I, I'm starting to feel like Asuka's just there to just because they want to just keep some, you know, diversity with you know. Her and uh, Singh with that little tag team. Um, but honestly, I think they're trying to make nice. Say, hey, don't forget about her. She just came back from injury. She dominated the women's division. Yada, yada, yada. And they're trying to tell the fans or the people who listen to WWE or watch WWE or like us who do podcasts about the WWE, the reminder, hey, it's Nia Jax. This is what she is. This is what she did. Um, but yeah. Kind of, you kind of expect some type of storyline tweak on what, no matter what side, to you know adjust to spice up the match. It's more to like build a storyline, build up the hype for the Money in the Bank next week. Um, as it for being, it was I pissed about it. I thought it was almost useless to be on Raw. Why will you advertise this? At, earlier in the day on Twitter and on Facebook hyping up a triple threat match that was never going to happen. I think it was more of just like, hey, look, well, we got you on TV. Well, now we're going to just end it. We're not going to show you the match. So it, good booking by WWE, but bad presentation to show what they had. So, yeah, I'm like you. I really didn't. I really didn't like it. Yeah, it kind of feels like whenever you see Shayna Baszler on TV, you know it's going to be a complete squash match, or the match isn't going to happen. So maybe that's just a calling card that I have to that I have to watch out for. But Nia Jax has definitely taken all the heat uh, that she can take right now, and WWE is definitely. I, I agree. They're they're telling her to use that heat. Everybody's been so critical, and rightfully so, of how she's been not really taking care of her partners in the ring. Because, yeah, you got your faces and your heels, but they are your partners. Their lives are depending on you making sure that you don't fuck them up. You Correct. can't have that. And Nia Jax has broken that rule so many times, I'm shocked that she's getting such a push right now. But, hey, you know, heat is heat. Vince believes in that. As long as it's not Xbox heat. But I hate to break it to him. I feel like this is getting pretty damn close to go-home heat, and you do not want that. Nobody ever wants that. That is not good for business. But let's move on. Let's move on. we got other things to talk about. A pretty nice, bright spot. No injuries and no 
disappointing matches. I am really enjoying Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot. It has been surprisingly engrossing lately. Ever since Liv Morgan returned and Ruby Riot turned her back on her, uh, her former stablemate, for those who may not know, the Riot Squad used to be a thing. I've been rather intrigued with the battle these two have been having. The rivalry, you know, wasn't a barn burner by any means when she returned weeks ago. But little by little, we've been getting a little bit more. And over the last two weeks, the the, the matches that they've been putting on, Liv Morgan and Ruby Ryan, have been excellent. Like, great storytelling in the ring. There's a lot of emotion. And you didn't need the crowd to get you over on that. I don't really hear many people talking about this. Everyone you know, is talking about a certain individual who returned. We'll get to him later. But Liv Morgan and Ruby Wright definitely deserve a lot of props for the for the matches that they put, they've put they been putting up the last couple of weeks, as I almost tongue-tied myself right there. Uh, my favorite part of it, mm-hmm. definitely, the spot of the match was when Ruby Wright hit the right kick and thought the Liv Morgan was down. She goes for the one, two, three, only gets the two count. And it's just shocked. The look on her face was fantastic. She absolutely sold that moment. And the surprise ending with Liv Morgan getting off the ropes and boom, knocking out Ruby Wright, getting a one, two, three, putting her past demons to rest was excellent. I don't know if they're going to continue the storyline, but knowing WWE, they're probably going to continue it. But I would be okay for that for right now. But please, for the love of God, WWE, please listen. Don't milk it. Don't milk it up until it's the Sahara. Just let it end naturally. If they want to end it right here, honestly, I'd be okay with it. But let's see what happens. Any, uh, you been enjoying this at all, James, or am I overhyping it? Well, it looks like you've been, uh, you are excited about it in some shape or form. Are you overhyping it? You overhyping something? Uh, I don't know. Do. Do I think you're open hyping it? Seeing how you went a total of about two minutes into today's show without introducing me, <laughs> um, actually, I'm not over hyping it. This actually's had a, or you ha- you're not over hyping, not me. I'm crap. Um, <laughs> I'm wrecking the whole show. <laughs> yeah, uh, this has been a two-year storyline between the Riot Squad, um, or maybe three. I don't know when they were. They've been around for. Yeah, they've been that, around for about three years now, yeah, but they never uh, really got a whole lot to do. Yeah. Um, they were, honestly, you could say they were a female stable that never was too early to be one in the women's division. Um, there really wasn't no big faction in the ladies' division. Um, they were before their time. They are like Evolution, but way before Evolution. Mm, I don't know about evolution. I know there's got to be a, a good example out there, but like essentially, like there's no fact, there were no factions, but yeah. they were holding the torch. They were keeping it alive. They definitely weren't like the toast of yeah, WWE, but, but they kept it alive. Yeah, they were a faction, but never really did anything. Correct. No tag team titles. No championships. Uh, that that I recall. Yeah, I, I don't think they. I don't think any member wanted the women's title. I know they've been in a couple of matches. I know uh, Ruby Riot had a nice little feud with Charlotte Flair a couple of years ago. Um, but this has been a storyline for two years. And I think Sarah Logan's the one who was just recently released and maybe re-signed with the WWE. Um, I don't know if that's uh, been confirmed yet. It's but- kind of up in the air. They have mentioned her name on Raw, but it's weird. I- I'm not sure. But Liv Morgan, in my opinion, 
out of the three, out of the three uh, characters, Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot, I always thought she was the one that was left out most of the time. And over the last couple of weeks, we have seen her go up against Ruby Riot, and you actually see her as ability as a character and as ability as an athlete, and her as a wrestler. And she has shined in those moments. And usually, these type of storylines they reach their climax. At a pay-per-view. They don't happen on a Raw. They don't happen on SmackDown. They usually happen on a pay-per-view. I won't be surprised until like next week, either Ruby Riot or Liv Morgan say something. Um, like to end this little little feud or chapter or storyline at you know the events or so on Raw. And they make the match at Money in the Bank, either a pre-show match or an actual match on the pay-per-view. And that's where it will end. Um, but one thing, like you said, you don't want you want you don't want the WWE to drag this out, like you stated. Um, for me, I just want to see how they can close the story without ruining both characters. Um, one thing I've noticed about the women's division, we lack. Yes, we have great athletes in the women's division. Yes, there. You know, you have Charlotte, you have Becky Lynch, you have you know, we have all those characters. We know who they are. We don't have enough of the crazy characters, like Nikki Cross. You know, Liv Morgan's one of them, and Ruby Riot's one of them. You know, the wild characters of the women's division. We need to keep them there. So I just don't want the WWE. It's like, oh, we're ending the storyline, and that's it. Don't ruin their careers. They, you know, they're pretty good. So, do I think this feud's going too long? I think it's about to end. Hopefully, it ends at Money in the Bank, so we have that final hurrah for this. Um, I'm just like what you said. Uh, is the WWE going to ruin them? And uh, hopefully they don't. But besides from that, I like this. I like the approach. Yeah, I think both of them will be able to go off in separate directions and make name for themselves. But they need to have a finale at Money in the Bank and call it a day. Hundred percent agree with that. Uh, now <laughs> coming up next, uh, I, I know that you like this guy. But I'm I'm so mixed on him. I always find it hard to just crap on a wrestler because I know that these guys put their bodies on the line night in and night out. So I really try to take that into consideration. But this guy, uh, uh, Jinder Mahal is back, y'all. Jinder Mahal is back. I don't know how else to put it. And he's short on the Singh brothers this time. I don't know if that's for the best because personal security is always fun to have. I always kind of like the Singh brothers, but oh my god, I'm I'm not that hyped for it. And on top of that, he beat Akira Tozawa, which is so mean because Tozawa is actually going up for things in NXT. He's going up to the cruiserweight title, and yet oh come on over to Monday Night Raw. Oh yeah, we swear we won't. We, we're not going to squash you tonight. Um, yeah, no, nah, you're taking a squash tonight. So. Go out there, yeah. Jenner Mahal's back, so James, you're happy, you boy. Mr. Shaman is back. Uh, take take over, man. I, I don't know much to say about Jenner Mahal. <laughs> Put your hands up, ladies and gentlemen. Take a deep breath. Shanti. The return of the former WWE champion is back. His great title reign that lasted approximately 37 days. I could have sworn it was longer than that. No, it was 37 days. 
Wow, really? Yeah. That felt like an eternity. Uh, it lasted one pay-per-view because he won it on a SmackDown. Then two weeks later, there was a pay-per-view with him and Randy Orton, and he proceeded to lose it on the following pay-per-view called SummerSlam, if I am, if my memory serves me correct. Um, I like Jinder Mahal. I've always liked him, even though he was with the three-man band a couple years ago. And you look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Go look at that. I'm just three a three-man band. Sorry, I had to say that. Size from Heat Slater. Jinder Mahal, WWE champion. Drew McIntyre, WWE champion. Heath Slater, uh, released. Um, but three-man band was also a, a great little gimmick. Um, they were a little tag team that unfortunately didn't do anything, but they were always... In, they were spontaneous. They were awesome. But one thing about Jinder Mahal being back is that Yes, he did beat a nobody. Not nobody. I can't say he's a nobody. He's an NXT guy. But it seems like Tozawa uh, has been in NXT for, for quite some time now. I wonder if that he's one of those guys that are staying down into the uh, NXT to keep that brand from, like what we stated before, competing with the AEW. Um, but, man, Jinder Mahal's back. Um, oh, by the way, I hate to interrupt you there. Four-month reign. Four-month four month reign? Yep. Where did I get 37 days from? Damn, uh, you, damn you, Google. That's what happens when you loop the ring. You have 37 days. Oh, also four-month. Well, then I you know, under-exaggerated his great reign that was four months as WWE champion. Um, Wish it was 37 days. Uh, continue. <laughs> but, Sorry, did I say that out loud? Yes. Uh, besides, <laughs> besides uh, Jinder, Mahal, Jinder Mahal having such a great you know championship reign, he did botch a lot. Um, there's a couple of videos on YouTube of him botching, and some of those are very bad. Um, but it's a good athlete, a good character. Jinder Mahal is a type of person or individual that Vince can throw in there for any type of storyline and to build around because uh, he's done it SmackDown. But seeing now that he's on Raw, interesting. Uh, because I think they're fading away certain characters like Bobby Lashley and they're trying to add someone else into the mix. So it's nice to see him back. Um, it's been a while since he's been um, out. I forgot what he got injured with, but uh, I like that he's back. So hopefully he can stay healthy and go for a title run of either United States, Intercontinental, or WWE, or Universal, whatever comes his way in the near future, hopefully. But yeah, he's back. I did, I did notice that they... When, when they were calling the match, they constantly called him the former champion. They said it at least four or five times, which makes me wonder whether or not he's going to be getting some kind of title shot very soon. Do you think that's going to happen sooner than later? Um, maybe later, if, especially if Drew McIntyre is still the champion because they'll try to get him, like, get that feud together and bring them back to the old NXT days or bring him back when uh, 
they were part of three man bands. So. I, I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Drew McIntyre may go to bat for him and be like, "Hey, Vince, we have an idea here." And Vince seems to really like Mahal, so no. I guess there is a good chance that'll happen. And Vince likes big guys, and Mahal fits that description. Mm-hmm. I will say the Mahal's in pretty good shape. Uh, he's lost a lot of weight. All that water weight is gone. Uh, just like Sheamus, uh, he said he's gotten in the best shape of his life, and hopefully this will keep him away from injury. Because I make crap on the character, but uh, you know I don't wish injury on the guy. So I wish him nothing but the best. But for the love of God, just don't be boring. Stop botching, and we can make some money. So let's see what happens. Shanti. Uh, let's go to somebody who is indeed getting a title shot, and that is Seth Rollins, who wants to show Drew McIntyre the full picture at Money in the Bank. So McIntyre and Rollins had themselves a meeting of the minds this past Monday as they both signed the contract for the title match for the WWE World Championship. How to get my new day on there. I thought this was a fantastic promo. It felt real, and it really... Let you get into the dynamic in the mind of these two guys. Seth wants the title returned to him because he wants to save Drew from himself because he believes it. It's only a matter of time before the fans turn on him, just like they did to Seth. And Drew responded, and I couldn't believe this. He called out Seth for being a piece of shit. He actually called him that. I was like, what? No way. Did they really just drop that on TVPG? I think that maybe the rumors of Vince McMahon just not giving a F anymore have finally come to fruition. Could this be a sign that maybe in some form or fashion the Attitude Era is coming back? Now, this has been the pipe dream that we've talked about many a times, but I don't remember the last time I heard somebody using the old S word on Monday Night Raw, and it just helped make this feud so much better. Eventually, they came to blows, and Buddy Murphy came out to save Seth Rollins from an absolute beatdown, because it really looked like McIntyre had his number. And for his troubles, <laughs> he kind of sacrificed himself, because he took one hell of a Claymore kick. So this match, I think, is definitely on the right track. I've been enjoying the promos. This one was by far the best one. It was good to have them both in the ring right there. And I was actually kind of disappointed that it did wind up in a fight, because I I didn't really feel like he needed that. It would have been nice to have a different change of pace and just have a conversation between the two and just to stare off as they walk away. But still, overall, I, I definitely enjoyed this. Are you still hyped for it, or uh, did anything disappoint you? Do you feel bad for Buddy Murphy taking a Claymore kick to the face? That's what happens when you're a disciple. Sometimes you got to take it. Um, that just sounds wrong. Yeah, I know. That's... It sounds wrong, but you have, like I mentioned last week's, uh, the WWE is really going with the Messiah approach here, the Jesus storyline for Seth Rollins. They're going hardcore on it. No, again, not being sexist or whatever towards religion. Um, but how both stars came out to sign the contract. Uh, I didn't remember catching the you know the piece of shit remark, but I do remember catching uh, Drew McIntyre just basically saying, 
All right, you called me out. You wanted it. Let's go. Sign the papers. Like, instantly. Like, McIntyre was not going to just sit there and wait for Seth. Then, of course, they talked, and Seth Rollins is like, no, I'm here to save you from that. Like, the title is the, you know, the Antichrist or the devil or the epitome of evil. No, no, it's more like the cross that he has to bear. Yeah, um, and saying that he's been there, he he's he's beaten Brock Lesnar before, and he knows how much the weight is of the belt. And the Messiah or Seth Rollins, his character, like I mentioned last week, WA, they're not, Vince is not holding back. He's really pushing this religious type of character towards. The w, uh, towards the WWE and say, yeah, this is Seth Rollins. This is the new the new guy. And like I said multiple times, I'm each and every Monday night that I see Drew McIntyre wrestle, I get more and more and more impressed. Um, even though he didn't actually have a match, his mic skills are getting way much better. And his ability in the ring and his ability to sell his character himself also awesome. So, how Raw ended last night or Monday night was exactly how I thought it should end with the with the king or the champ leaving on top, and that is Drew McIntyre because we had Seth a couple weeks ago. Usually you'll have maybe Seth watch next Monday night. Seth will be the last, you know, scene until the pay-per-view. Then Drew McIntyre wins next Sunday night. Um, but this whole approach of McIntyre not, you know, not having the chance to bear the, uh, the championship and Seth trying to save him from it. I like the stuff. I like the, I like the storyline and I just, hopefully they can, Push the boundaries, but not go over the boundaries. That's where I want to see how the WWE is going to work. How far will they go without going over the actual boundaries? That is the religious topic in uh, today's modern society. Man, it's funny you say that because it wasn't that long ago where Vince McMahon had his son Shane go up against uh, Shawn Michaels and And God. God. (laughs) Come on, God! Get jiggy with it. Okay, what name is <laughs> Judgment Day. No, it wasn't Judgment Day. Well, Judgment Day, Chris Warner was. It was 2006 Backlash. Oh, uh, Backlash and Judgment Day have very similar like logos and color scheme. No, Backlash is silver black. It depends on what year it was. Well, now it's blue and red because of Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, blue and red, I mean, eh, yeah. Whatever. Like, that's just because of the branding. But at the time, like, WWE just was obsessed with having these grandiose, overly elaborate, you know, themed uh, stages. So I always thought the Backlash and Judgment Day just kind of had something very similar. Like, the idea of getting revenge. Oh, this is the Backlash. Or Judgment. You know, if you're going to go in that Punisher direction. But uh, I'm looking forward to this. Money in the bank keeps looking better and better to me. But now, because we could go on and on and on about the Messiah and all of his sermons, but we got to get to the backstage stories. 
And this one's unfortunate and kind of sad, but I'm sure that this guy's got plenty of money, so don't really have to worry about him going broke anytime soon. Cain Velasquez just got released. Yeah, that's right, Cain Velasquez. Uh, you may have forgotten that he was on the roster because we only saw him once or twice, and he completely disappeared. If What else can you say? He was a disappointment here in the WWE. It, it's, 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 it's extremely sad. He had an illustrious career in MMA, and he was brought to SmackDown to fight with Brock Lesnar, and it seemed like he was going to be here for a while. And he was even teaming up with uh, Rey Mysterio. But then, just like Kaiser Soze, he was gone. Um, he lost to Brock at Crown Jewel in a very underwhelming match that barely went over a minute. And he went back to the Performance Center, and that seemed to have been the extent of his career. I know that he was training with Ronda Rousey a few months ago, maybe possibly getting back in. Maybe she was teaching him the ropes. But I think... The reason why they let him go was because he had a lack of charisma on the mic and he just didn't have the ability to make a wrestling match with Brock look like an actual UFC fight. I don't know how to interpret that other than than to interpret it that way, but it just seemed like they couldn't quite make it work. Vince McMahon was like, ooh, I got a shiny new jewel. I'm going to show it off a crown jewel. Oh, uh, this jewel is not that good. Just throw it to the side. I feel bad for him. It seemed like he was brought into WWE under false pretenses, and it just didn't work out. But at the same time, I don't think that he held up his end of the bargain. Honestly, I never liked him in the, in the WWE in the first place. Um, the idea. Yeah, it was the idea because um, he's the one who beat Brock in MMA. Um, but his care come he came in. As himself. There was no building of character. There was no, let's build this story up for this match. He was just brought in to fight Brock. And Brock, you know, pretty much buried him. And I forgot who he was. Uh, what was he uh, like an enforcer of? Was he Rey Mysterio's enforcer? Yeah. Rey Mysterio injured his arm. Mm-hmm. Because of Brock, after he beat up Ray and his son Dominique, and Cain Velasquez came out, and thematically it made a lot of sense. It's like, okay, this is one of the few guys that actually beat Brock in UFC. That scar that you see on Brock's face that came from Cain Velasquez. So, like thematically, it only made sense to have him take the title off of him at Crown Jewel. But the match just sucked. I think maybe that was the plan. And the reason why it was so short is because Vince called an audible and decided to just keep it on Brock, which really was probably the right move. And when you are forced to keep the belt on Brock and that's the right move, uh, yeah, something's definitely wrong. It was just completely underwhelming. Yeah, I honestly... It's almost the WWE cutting loose weight or dead weight. Um, just Wasn't wasting cheap. a roster. Um, oh, yeah. Of course he would. Because see how much money he made in the uh, MMA? It's Brock Lesnar's just like him. But Brock Lesnar, even though we hate him because he wins the title and he disappears from television for months on end, um, at least Brock Lesnar, we know what he is. 
We know that he will appear at the big four pay-per-views, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, throw in No Mercy or, you know, Backlash. I know he does some random, you know, smaller pay-per-views, but he's there for the big four. And he draws. People do tune in for Brock Lesnar, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, Ken Velasquez... Uh, uh, I really was very overwhelmed with him when he first got in the uh, to the WWE, and I always thought he was there to be a pain in Brock Lesnar's side, and that ended up not being the reason. So the WWE part ways with them, good. Um, man, set he's an MMA fighter for a reason, so he may return back there. Uh, I just think it was just a storyline that was proposed. And it never turned out to be what the WWE thought the storyline was going to become. And they had to cut it and just wait wait out until either the contract or expired or wait to a date in which cutting or cutting the contract or releases him doesn't put a bigger penalty on the WWE. So um, I just never liked him, honestly. It. I thought it was a waste, but I'm not the one who signs uh, talent to contracts, so it's not my decision. Yeah, before we move on, I think that maybe they just moved too quickly with him, because he did have a few matches with the mask on in uh, AAA down in Mexico, and I heard I, I heard great reviews. I heard that he was very good, and people were shocked at just how well he was performing, and it's possible that management heard that, saw the match and because he looked good they were like all right this is all we need to see let's go first round draft pick go pick up Cain Velasquez and he just wrestled more like a seventh round pick at a BYU or something it's it's unfortunate but I I hope for Cain Velasquez's sake that he goes on the independent circuit checks out New Japan Impact Wrestling Lucha wherever he's going to go AEW learn more get better be around other wrestlers you don't have to just be around wwe guys you can learn if you go around the world and make yourself a better wrestler and right now he needs to soak up as much as he possibly can especially considering his advanced age again no disrespect but he's he's around in his 40s i believe uh he really needs to learn much more about his profession and maybe he'll be able to come back but it's going to be a while. WWE is going to definitely want people to forget about this for a while. And they're probably going to want you to forget about the Raw ratings this week. Woo! The Raw ratings have dropped to a new historic low, y'all. Uh, it's, it's it's rough out there right now for WWE on television. Still doing better than most uh, cable television shows, but 1.82 million viewers is really not good. I can't even remember the last time I ever heard of WWE having a rating underneath of uh, under 2 million. Monday Night Raw has always been consistent for at least 2 million for almost 25 years now. And if this keeps up, they're going to hit the record low that was set back in 1996 or 97 during the Monday Night Wars. It was was pretty damn ugly. And they're going to have to do something to change it up. Uh, it seems like the lack of a crowd has definitely had an effect on the ratings, and it seems to be ruining the show for some fans, such as uh, 
CM Punk, perhaps. Uh, this has been reflecting in the ratings. Obviously, we're good with it. We're still watching the show. We're still doing the podcast. We're going to keep going. But with this stuff going on, Vince really needs to throw everything out the window. But the kitchen sink, he needs to keep trying to throw things up against the wall and see what sticks. And it seems like with the shit line by Drew McIntyre dropping, and then you got guys like Apollo Crews, Cedric Alexander, and Ricochet all starting to get more pushes. It seems like he's definitely going in that youth movement direction, and he just doesn't give an F anymore because everything has just gone so wrong for him this year that he's like, screw it. Let's just do stuff. Can this actually be the answer to go up against AEW's more stiff sport-orientated style? Can it be an answer? Yeah. Um, Honestly, you have to find something. It's like playing in a football game. You're losing 31 nothing at halftime. Nothing's working, but you got to find something. Maybe a little slant route here, a little dump off here, or maybe a 95-yard screen play where your defense doing blitzing. So you got to find ways to move the ball, technically. Uh, is that with the youth movement? Is that with more of the females wrestling? Is that more of... You know, giving people like Andrade a push, giving people like, you know, Xander, uh, Ricochet, um, and whenever Ali comes back and SmackDown, the lo- basically the younger generation more time and let their abilities, you know, get on TV, it might help. Um, but I do believe a lot of wrestling fans out there, including myself, and I guarantee you, some part do still watch it because it's wrestling, but do but do real do really miss the fans in the stands because they add to the reaction of the actual matches. There's no ooing, there's no on, there's no uh, let's go Cena, Cena sucks type of chants that are in the crowds or CM Punk chants, whatever. Um, but I do think that. The lack of crowds at both AEW and WWE are starting to affect the ratings. Um, That sucks, I know. But right now, you want to try to stay afloat and not sink. So I think the WWE right now is staying afloat based on their uh, subscriptions of the network as of this moment. Um, But yes, the lack of fans, I do think, are the reason why the the ratings are falling, and yes, I'm still like you. I'm still watching it, and I do believe that the younger movement is key to keeping, you know, competing to, with the AEW um, because AEW is doing the ranking approach to their uh, wrestling, and wins and losses mean more than gimmicky storylines. So yes, there could be. Um, a difference or a push, but then again, Vince McMahon has stated multiple times that the WWE is not wrestling, it's sports entertainment, while Cody and the Young Bucks and AEW have said the AEW is more of wrestling. So, it's interesting. This is what I know, we did have the Monday Night Wars back in the 90s. Um, I do believe that we are going to start seeing, not really Monday Night Wars, but you're going to see the wars between AEW 
and WWE, seeing that there's rumors that AEW is thinking about doing shows now that are that lie on other WWE um, days. So there could be that in the future. But right now, the WWE needs to find a way to just gain ground, just trying to find a spark, and don't bury up and coming superstars, which kind of you have to say. Triple H kind of did that back in the day. He buried a lot of guys except for putting them over. Um, not intentionally, but kind of happened. But yeah, it's the small things that need to help put the brand up to a higher standard. And I do think that is they're trying to find a way. But during what is happening right now with COVID um, or Rona, as we say. Yeah, um, yeah let's not get hit by YouTube. Um, that algorithm. Yeah. That's just stupid. I still can't believe that. But anyways. It makes um, no sense. Yeah. Seeing that Rona is around, um, you got to find a way to stay afloat and try to make adjustments to spark interest in the product. But don't find a way to bury your product to a point where when everything does get back to normal, you're not trying to get the fans back to watching your product that have already left your product to just stick with the AEW. I do know some fans like that who have just completely left the WWE and they're strictly AEW. They don't care what happens to WWE anymore. So, yeah, um, it's interesting, but we've been through this in the, in the 90s and early 2000s with the Raw versus uh, Nitro. So um, it's just a pandemic's in between it. So we got to just see what's going on and, you know, make our steps forward. All right, guys. Now let's move on to the last segment of the week for Monday Night Raw. That is the Raw Heels of the Week. And my pick for Heel of the Week is none other than Andrade Cien Almas. This week, Andrade showed why he is damn good at being the bad guy. Say hello to the bad guy. During his match with Apollo, he showed no care whatsoever for that dude's injury. And not only that, but he continued to dish out on him on Twitter. I know we brought this up earlier, but I couldn't get over that. He's just laughing at Apollo Cruz's pain, and that is just such a dastardly, heelish thing to do. Even if it is a legitimate injury, that's the best thing that they could do to try to keep Apollo involved. And you know that Apollo appreciates that. Like The worst thing you can do for, for a wrestler when he's injured, even if he's going to be gone for six months, is to completely write him off and forget about him. you got to find a way to keep him relevant in there, even if he's hobbling on one leg. And Andrade is doing that right now, so he gets my nomination for Heel of the Week. Well, you're going to be shocked at what my heel of the week is. And it is Andrade like you, sir. Holy uh, crap, we got a tie. Yes. Uh, the reason why is because he is current. He This past Monday night, he was the only heel that actually did something. Um, yeah, I know Nia Jax did her thing. But, yeah, that's more of a you know push type of situation. It wasn't really a, you know, a match type of situation like Andrade it, it didn't benefit anyone exactly Andrade had both the the tag team match and the soul and the singles match with uh Apollo Cruz so you saw his character but you could tell in the match where Apollo hurt his knee that Andrade still went after the knee but after the ref called it you could tell Andrade was like man he looked like he was concerned for uh Apollo but right when the camera went back to Andrade, he's like, oh, shit, I got to stay in my character. 
Uh, so, but you could see that uh, uh, Selena was Selena Vega. Yeah, uh, Zalina. Zalina Vega. She actually was telling him like, yeah, he he he's hurt, and you could tell on her face expression that something happened. It's like, ooh, that ain't good. Yeah, um, but like, I've, if you watch all the WWE, if you watched any of the WWE Network stuff about when they go behind the scenes and talk to the, the people, especially like 24, when they go behind the scenes during WrestleMania, these all these guys, all these athletes, all these personnel uh, personalities are all together back there. They all talk to each other. What they're doing on camera is all play, mostly. 90, I think 90% of the, the roster likes each other. It's just 10% that don't. Um, but I guarantee you that what happened in the ring, these guys are told by Vince. Um, I think it was a podcast I was listening to with Stone Cold a couple years ago. Vince has even said when when wrestlers get hurt, they got to keep – he goes, I don't care if you're the face. I don't care if you're the heel. I don't care if you're the one that got hurt or your opponent got hurt. Never, never, ever break your character when you're on TV. Now, if the game, if the match got cut off, the referee cut it off, and you go on commercial break, you can break character. Um, but most likely, if there's eyes on you, like a crowd or TV, Vince hates people not hates p- people breaking character. So, Andrade caught himself, kind of caught himself a little bit of breaking his character, but he didn't go way over it. Um, but yeah, uh, his development as a heel, he's pretty good, and that's and like we mentioned last week. Is the Drew McIntyre destroy that stable? I don't think so. I, and I said to you, they're going to go after somebody else. They're going to rebound. They kind of rebounded, unfortunately. Apollo Crews happened. His knee kind of buckled. So I think he is my heel of the week because I start seeing a heel that can be a potential problem for upper-tier division stars like Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, etc., uh, well, I think Drew McIntyre already answered that question. Yeah, um, he could be a uh, he could be a problem with them in, in the upcoming months. Um, so yeah, uh, basically on just on Monday Night Show, it's it's Andrade. Uh, really, no one else comes close to it. Yeah, I can't say uh, Seth Rollins. He just signed papers and ran. Uh, so yeah, Andrade gets my vote this weekend. All right, all right, guys. We want to thank y'all for sticking around. Listen to listening to a couple of dopes just ramble on and on and on. And remember, guys, before we clock out, make sure to follow PWN Newsroom. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Just look up the Shooting Wrestling Podcast, Wrestling Movie Guy. You can find us right on there. If you need to check us out on YouTube, Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. And on Anchor, we're on there, too. We're also on iTunes. If you want to throw us a five-star review, that would really help out the show a lot. If you've got a couple of bucks to spare, you can support us on Anchor. And a shout-out to 503 Sports, once again, for helping sponsor us. And if you're trying to get your cool XFL jerseys on, 2001 style, those are the guys to talk to. And anything else to say before we roll out, James? Um, live stream, Money in the Bank. Next Sunday. Correct mundo. With that so, said, guys, we are out of here. Deuces. Peace. This is a copyright disclaimer. We do not own or have any affiliation with the WWE. This is just a fan-made show. And all musical credit for the intro go to Dance with the Dead. 
Please go support Dance with the Dead and the WWE.